Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sports Mind Avenue podcast, the podcast that explores the intersection between all things currently happening in sports and the mental impacts it can have on athletes and the community. My name is Johnny Mondo. I am one of the co-hosts of this fine podcast here with Elliot Steinberg. Elliot, say hello. Hello, hello. All right. Today uh, on this episode, we are going to be talking about Bryce Love uh, getting the boot off an NFL team already. Imani Bates decommitting from Michigan State, an absolutely crazy move, as well as our thoughts on the current status of the NFL draft and the certain picks that we think could provide the biggest impact on NFL rosters. But first, I think it's probably good that we introduce ourselves. So as I said, my name is Johnny Mondo. I'm a 21-year-old sport management major at the University of Florida. Uh, Basically, I grew up around sports. I played baseball from when I could walk until the end of high school competitively. And I also played on my fraternity softball team in college. So I I stick with sports. I'm always around it. It's my passion and I love everything I do. Uh, I came across Mind Design Sports uh, when I was looking for an internship. And our boss, Brandon, basically said, look, I have this opportunity for a podcast about current events and sports and sports psychology. You know, what do you think about doing that? And I thought it was honestly a great idea. I found a great co-host who's one of my best friends in the world, and he's about to introduce himself now. So go ahead, Elliot. Hello, guys out there. I'm Elliot Steinberg. I'm 21. I just graduated from the University of Florida. Go Gators. Sports management major, just like Mondo. I started out as a psychology major, so I do have background in psychology. I didn't talk about. And in high school and throughout my years in elementary school, middle school, I played baseball um, until I could no longer competitively compete anymore. And I also did wrestling and lacrosse in high school. So our our knowledge of sports is pretty vast, uh, and I'm excited to do this podcast with my best friend. So let's run it. Yeah, we uh, we really wanted to do this podcast because we both have a lot of experience and background with sports. And we know the different stresses, achievements, everything you could get in between. And we want to give our insight on different situations that maybe you haven't heard of before or you're worried about having to deal with. So I guess we could get started on our first topic. Uh, today, I want to talk about Bryce Love. How much do you know about Bryce Love, Elliot? Well, he was one of the best running backs in college in the 2020 season. And then he got drafted uh, to Washington. No? <laughs> That's all right. Uh, listen, so basically on my impact at Bryce Love, uh, I followed him a lot back in 2017. He was a runner-up for the Heisman. He was an absolute beast. I think he should have gone into the draft, but he decided to stay for his senior year. And he had a, a suboptimal senior year to say. Yeah, he, didn't, he didn't do as well as he did before. So, what's up? He tore his ACL in the final game. And he did. Unfortunately, that shot his stock down super far, and he ended up as a fourth-round pick. Yeah, didn't get to play his first season, uh, which is which is a struggle, especially if you're trying to make it pro. You need to start out the gate swinging, and if you can't do that, it takes a mental toll on your health and on your performance as an athlete. Yeah, and to, you know, touch on that a little bit. There's always been this big debate about going pro early versus finishing up your degree, and I know this is a, a topic that comes up a lot with major athletes especially when, you know, your parents are involved and stuff like that. So on my personal belief, it's essentially if the money's there, go for it, right? If you're drafted early enough, you can get that good amount of base salary. You can always complete classes online. It's not that big of a deal. But I think Bryce Love just really wanted to leave, like, that lasting impact on the college football realm before he went, and it just didn't pan out that well. Yeah, he's also a biology major, which 
Uh, he was, I think it was like a one semester short of finishing his degree. So even if he does go back to college, he'll be able to have a really good job because he's a smart individual. And, and not everyone has that chance, you know. Uh, I know a lot of athletes in college aren't allowed to do difficult majors because of the amount of time they have to spend in their respective sport. It's like a job. You have, you wake up early in the morning, you go work out. You go, you eat, you go to class, and then you come back, work out, go practice, go eat, go to study hall, and then that's your day. You don't have much time to put into actual, um, real classes, I should say, like engineering or bio or chemistry because of the amount of time it takes to learn those, those, uh, those skills. I guess if you were him, would you have stayed or would you have gone to the NFL back in 2017? I would have definitely stayed. Um, because, really? Yeah. I I think just like Dad Castle, you know, you stay, <laughs> you make it better for the most part. But it doesn't always happen because if you have a great season and you come out the gate, you know, the next season you respect you you expect to do really well and that doesn't happen then you've lost all chances of going pro like you would have if you went in the first year. But in the same ideals, you can end up with a degree and you can end up as a fallback for what happens if I don't make the pros. What happens if this doesn't pan out how I thought it was going to pan out? You're, you're going to be better off in the long run. That's true. I think he just got just, – it was just unfortunate timing for him, man. Like, I really did love Bryce Love, and I really hope he gets another shot. I can only imagine what he's going through right now. I think I think he'll have another shot because um, they had a, a coach switch up uh, right after he right after his first season. So right when he's about to be able to play again, coach, and that took away from his standpoint in the um, on the team because that coach drafted. He wasn't as important to his structure of coaching and his structure of the team. So I have to just move on. And uh, Do you think he's going to land in another spot? Where do you think he might go? Uh, you know, I hope he finds a spot. I know a bunch of teams that really need a running back, including my Miami Dolphins. I would love to see him go to Miami. That would be incredible. But, you know, you look all around the board, there's running back holes everywhere. Like you're telling me this dude can't be a feature back or maybe even a third down back. Like this yeah. man's potential impact is worth the risk. hundred percent. No question about it. I don't know what he's doing in practice, but he's got to be doing something. And if he, if he can show off in practice and he can show off on the field and he showed what he can do in college. And I think he can do that in the NFL too, but he just has a hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. So this next one is actually Almost breaking news, the number one overall recruit of the 2022 class, Imani Bates, decommits from Michigan State. He said he may not play college basketball at all. He's keeping his options open, maybe professional overseas. But, I mean, this is mind-blowing. What do you think? Some people are, comp are comparing him to LeBron. I heard that too. He's he's a next generation LeBron, which I he's six nine, seven foot wingspan, which is crazy, and he's really athletic. But uh, to compare him to LeBron when he just decommitted from a top university, uh, I think is outrageous because I, he hasn't put up any number as many numbers in college as he would have liked because you know he never got a chance. Yeah, he never really got to. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're starting to see this more and more lately. Like, athletes are kind of saying, you know, I don't really want to be part of the NCAA. I'd rather go pro. You saw with LaMelo Ball. I mean, that man dominated overseas since he was 16. He was filthy. He was and, good over heads ever since he was a sophomore in high school. Everyone knew his name. Yeah, the, the man was filthy. And I feel like he's just that much better today because he did it. So I, I really am looking forward to what Bates does, uh, whether that's going pro or maybe finding a different school. You know, we don't really know yet, 
but it's definitely a story to keep tabs on, keep looking at, because wherever he goes, he's going to make a massive impact. Do you think it's a good idea to decommit and try to just go straight pro instead of showing off what you can do in college? Maybe have a um, going to the going to March Madness, maybe making the, the playoffs, even winning? You know, that's one of the biggest debates in sports right now. It's either eliminating that one-and-done rule, which is going to affect eventually, or just straight up go pro in a different country for now. And I, you're seeing a rise over the past couple of years of players just opting out of college sports and taking it either overseas or in a separate league. And I, I think it's definitely about time to enact the, I guess, removal of the one-year rule. I, it's just stupid. It's It doesn't fit the scheme anymore. You look at any good player that came out of high school, dominate LeBron, Kobe, like whoever. Uh, there's arguments for both sides, but, I mean, what do you think about it? I, I think it's good to, to go to college um, at least for a year, not just to see what your competition can be like, see what it's like at a, the next level pro, but also to get a feel for, you know, the college atmosphere, have like a time of purity before you become a working man. Because once you go to pro, you're, your life is set. Like you are a working right. man. You have, you have a nine to five basically but way more hours. And you don't have that chance of a little bit of leeway before going there. You come straight out of high school and then you go straight into the workforce. Would you rather not just take it easy and um, have it on a back burner for a year and relax before having the pressures of the, the pro life, having everyone look at you 24 seven, um, preying on your downfall. There's so many people that are coming from the NCAA trying to take your job. And you, you don't even know if you're going to get that job. You know, I think you have a lot better chance unless you come straight out of high school uh, and you're just that good, like LeBron or Kobe, and and you can go straight to the league. I think you should take that time to relax and and figure out who you want to be, who you are, and what your strengths are before you go pro. Yeah, I think one big thing to look at if you remove that one and done rule is you'll see the clear divide of who wants to play in college and who wants to go straight to the NBA. Because once you let those, those superstars that you know can dominate at 18 years old at an NBA level, once you let them go straight out of high school, you'll actually be able to form a true roster with great team chemistry. You'll actually get to enjoy yourself at college, not worry about some freshman starting all over you before he goes to the league. Like, you'll actually have an opportunity to grow and develop at your own pace, get ready for the NBA when it gets there, but there's no immediate pressure from the scouts, from NBA exec, the coaches, teammates. I just think once you get rid of that rule, it opens up the entire space for more improvement. Yeah, on a, on a, like a psychological route, too, um, going straight from the league, uh, like the high school league into the pro league can have a strain on your mentality. Because if you don't know uh, how to handle pressure that early, you're 18. When I was 18, I moved into college and, you know, I was like nervous about, about moving in and not knowing anyone. You're going to the league and you, you know, everyone, nobody knows who, like, who the hell you are. And nobody, right. you're going to get smothered. They're going to try to push you in the ground and show you where your place is. So if you don't you don't have the mentality yet to, to build up and withstand all of that all that pressure and all that like fight and that grit that you're gonna get handed to handed uh, from these pro players you're playing against people that are 38, 20 years older than you, like that that's a lot. They're over twice your age. <laughs> I obviously like we're not in that position, so we don't really know that well, but. You know, if it's up to me, I, and I see this from the NCAA's perspective, from the NBA's perspective, I'm looking to get rid of that rule sooner rather than later. I, I just think at the end of the day, it's going to provide the most impact. It's going to generate a better culture at each basketball school. Like you can see it once you develop a team, you become emotionally attached to these players. And by removing that rule, 
it gets rid of all those guys who just want to get out of there right away. So it, it should be something to look forward to hopefully in the future. Uh, I don't know what the plan is at the moment, but it's something that I just want to watch. Uh, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you a little bit. I kind of like the one and done rule, but I think it could be tricked, uh, tricked around a little bit. If let's say you're good enough to go into the league at 18, you're coming out of high school, you're a super stud. Um, he won Gatorade player of the year as a sophomore. Uh, he, he has what it takes. If, if they created a test, maybe that you have to pass some type of test, like not only a physical test, but like a mental test to show how much pressure, what, what decision would you make if you were granted like this option? And if you make the right decisions in this test, then you are entered into being available in the draft. But if you fail that test then you got to do the one and done, you got to at least go to college and, and try it out for a little bit. You know, I mean, also, if, I think, if you were to put that in, like what, what exactly would be on those tests? Like that's such a hard thing to try and figure out. I feel like that would be up um, to the players union on like the NBA players union. So if you, if I came into the players union, I'm like, all right, tell me what are the hardest things you guys struggled with the first time you guys entered into the league? What were those decisions that you had to make that, that put your family on the line your career on the line, the, the shoe deals, the sponsorships, the, all these things you got, you got to make big, big commitments, the moving, uh, we're going to live. What about your family? Do you have a wife? Do you have kids? What's going to go on? What's going to go with that? Um, and I feel like if you ask the players, like, let's say you, I think Chris Paul is, is uh, the leader of the. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is. Uh, players union. And, and he seems like a pretty intelligent guy. He, he can probably tell you what, what the struggles he had to face as soon as he got into the league, coming out of high school or college, I mean. And if you, if you gathered up questionnaires and gathered up, like, specific questions, then you could create a test like that. I mean, yeah. I, if it works and that's something that they see fit in the future, that would, that would work well, too. But... Also, you know, it's just an interesting topic. To the point of um, uh, the one done, and you see a lot of a lot of people playing with soon to be pros. Uh, you don't know. Maybe three people on your your college team is going to get drafted, and then maybe you end up on the same team as them in the league. So you already have a chemistry with some of those guys, or or you face them, and you're in college. You played their team. Why? college you know how they play you had to study their film so you know their strengths their weaknesses how to get in their head on the court coming into the league where you wouldn't have any of that strengths any of those strengths coming out of high school you the most you're seeing is seeing these guys on tv or maybe you you study you study film yourself and or you have a coach that helps you study this film but that's true. I mean, it's definitely harder to build relationships from scratch than coming in with one already. But also, you could make it work pretty well. Like a lot, like LeBron came into the league because of the media presence he had. Everyone knew who he was. Zion could have easily done that. Same with Lamelo. Mm -hmm. But like when you get to those to those players who are like not as well known, but could be pretty good. I feel like that's where the, the test would kind of struggle to work because the players union won't know who this person is and they may be able to ball like no one's business, but if they don't know who he is, then they're going to skip over him as an opportunity for him to go straight out of high school to the NBA. Well, then he doesn't make it into the NBA in high school. He's got to go, he's got to go to college. Fair enough. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, not a, not a bad alternative. You're obviously not good enough to be on my radar to be in the NBA. Yeah. True. Everyone who's been successful coming out of high school, people knew. People knew nice. they were. Yeah, this? you're not wrong there. All right, so the next thing I think that it's mandatory to talk about right now, uh, the NFL draft happening as we speak. I guess, you know, kind of what picks do you think are going to have the biggest impact 
Who are you looking forward to see the most? Now, I'm seeing what the the Bucks do with you know our our number one QB, the the man himself, Kyle Strass. I, I I don't know about you. I want to hear what you got to say about it, but I don't think he's gonna be good. You know, under under Tom Brady's wing, a couple years he's gonna probably have to stay under that wing. Uh, we'll probably see him in you know fourth quarters, maybe second quarters, uh, just a little bit in and up and between. But what do you think? Uh, you know, here's what I'll say on Trask. Trask is a great player. He had great weapons around him. And he had an offense that was fit perfectly for him. With that being said, there are some areas he needs to continue to develop in as a, as a player that he'll get the chance to within the Bucks organization. But, you know, you get a coach that loves to throw the ball, Bruce Arians, right? And you have the greatest player in NFL history and Tom Brady teaching you what's right, what's wrong. And on top of that, you have all of these weapons available to you. I mean, it's arguably better than the UF roster. Well, what did that do with Mike Jimmy Evans? Garoppolo? What about Jimmy Garoppolo? He grew up under Tom Brady's wing. How do you yeah, think but it? Jimmy Garoppolo also didn't end up with the offensive scheme that he needed. I mean, you look at that San Francisco roster, who's their best receiver? Moser, like, yeah, I what point are you going to be able to help the QB? That's that's the issue with Garoppolo. He just didn't get help. And that's why he fell apart. And that's why he might get traded to a team that can actually help him. But with Trask, I hope, I hope biggest prayers ever that he has a great NFL career, really makes the UF community proud. Uh, I'm, I'm doing nothing but cheering for him, that's for sure. We had like five um, drafts or draft picks this year, I think. We've had a bunch of them. We had Pitts at four. I mean, Pitts is a different animal, future Hall of Famer. You know what happened last time this happened, right? What? No era. And most of the players went to jail. This is true. (laughs) This is very true. I hope that doesn't happen again. I pray that doesn't happen again. I mean, Kyle Pitts is a generational talent. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Kadarius Tony on the Giants is beautiful. I can't wait to watch that. That's going to be nuts. Um, Marco Wilson actually got drafted. You see that? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm surprised because he's a good athlete. But after that meltdown he had against LSU, like, I, I lost a lot of respect for him, so I, I hope I hope he's figured it uh, out. You know, I lost all respect for him when he did that. I was so excited for my senior year to make it to, <laughs> you know, beat Alabama and go all the way. And what do you have to do? He threw the shoe. He threw the shoe. If and you're young and you're listening. You think to he's going to throw another shoe? Is he going to make another slip up like that? Um, he can definitely grow and fix his character issues. I think it was more of a heat of the moment type thing. You still shouldn't do it. But yeah, now he's in the moment, more heat of the moment he's going to have now, especially if he's a starter. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I, I hope he does well. You know, he can make UF proud. I'm sure he's gotten a lot of feedback after that. He's definitely gone through a lot. So I, I hope he has a great career and he finds success wherever. It just still it stings a little bit, honestly, just knowing we were that close to not only the Natty, but that could have been a Heisman lock game for Trask. Like, it just hurts, man. It really does. But What do you think about the number one pick? Trevor Lawrence? I love Sunshine. Sunshine's going to have a great career. He's got a great coach, Urban Meyer. They're going to build this team up. I can't wait to see the Jags be relevant once again since the, the Blake Portal like AFC championship run. And we, we spoke <laughs> on Tim Tebow too. Tim Tebow might be coming back. Tim Tebow coming to that so roster would be, be sick. Sick. Nuts. 
He should have been a tight end since he was on the Patriots. That's what cost him his, his uh, football career. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious as to, like, why now? Why, why at this point? Like, you just retired from minor league baseball. You have a pretty good analyst job. Why, why do you want to be a tight end all of a sudden? Do you think he just misses it? Do you think he misses the spotlight? I'm sure he misses the spotlight, but I feel like he gets the spotlight wherever he goes. Also, also he's newly married, so now he's got deep root <laughs> testosterone that he's been building up for. <laughs> this is true. Four years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. It was only, like, in talks, but if Tim Tebow comes back, I may have to snag a jersey. That would be oh. sick. I mean, no. <laughs> a little Tebow time in Jacksonville. Come on now. We gotta see that Neil come back. Ooh, the Tim Tebow Neil with the that awful haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Big old old head. So another another pick I really want to talk to you about: Devonta Smith to Philly. How excited are you for this? I think it's going to be really interesting. You know, um, they do have a good program. I do not like Philly fans. I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> They're gross. Um, not, not as bad as some other fans, you know, like Raiders fans and stuff. But I think Philly, the Philly, the Philly roster is not that good. But Devontae Smith, I think, is going to have a great career. Um, stats. I'm just excited for that that Jalen Hurts connection. Oh, I want to yeah. see I want to see him dominate. I want to see Devontae Smith dominate. I I've just I have high hopes for that Eagles duo right there. High hopes. I'm sorry, I'm catching bugs out here. I mean, it looked like you snagged them pretty good. You got one earlier. I got one earlier. <laughs> <laughs> What do you uh, what do you think about the past draft so far? Do you think they're looking good? I'm, I'm happy that we got the Alabama QB. Uh, I think that's going to be replaced. I don't think I think Cam. He had his time to shine. He didn't really do very well. He didn't do very well. Uh, we didn't make the playoffs for the first time since 2000. Uh, and and I think I think Cam will probably have you know the first half of the season to show what he's got. And if he doesn't make it, then I, I think he's going to be replaced. I mean, yeah, I could see it too. Mac Jones is basically, I mean, the comparison has been the Tom Brady body type. Mac Jones, the ultimate frat guy QB, right? So I, I would love to see him do big things in New England, but I also hope they don't win that much as a Dolphins fan. Uh, that's just kind of a, a curse I have to deal with. But uh, I'm excited for that future too. Yeah, we also got um, running back from Oklahoma with the fourth round. I think that'd be a good replacement for our for our current lineup. We'll see. Yeah, the big things expected. We got James White and Sony Michelle, but uh, James White is is not as keen as I thought he was going to be. Uh, he was always really good as a second second string, um, second down, third down running back. Uh, but I think we need something something strong or pretty deep. Because Senator Shell, Damian Harris, it'd be pretty interesting there too. Do you think the Pats will, will be back to inform, I guess? Would be the... Yeah. Uh, I, I think we'll be, I think we have another year. I think we have another this year. stuff again. Uh, give us like another year and we're going to run it back. It's called past magic, baby. <laughs> we don't need not. Tom Brady to be successful. I hope they are trash, I but I hope, I hope Mac Jones plays well. I think but. that would be a good fit for that. Um, that team, we maybe mold them into the TB12 uh, formation. I mean, that would be kind of nuts. Just a whole another 20 years 
of the Pat's dynasty. Pat's bending over. Oh, I, I couldn't do it. No shot. <laughs> no, no way I can, I can afford to watch that again until I'm oh 40, God. bro. Nah, <laughs> no way. But, um, you know, I, I kind of want to talk about Miami's draft picks really quick. Um, so coming off a, a really solid season, our biggest holes were on our D-line and at wide receiver. You know, we signed Will Fuller before even the draft starts. And then we pick up Jalen Waddell in the draft. Uh, that's a solid one and two with Devonta Parker. Like, Tua's got some weapons now. This is the year to see what he's made of. Otherwise, he may not be it. What's up? I want to see Tua succeed. I do too, man. I really hope he does. I, oh. I really liked him. He did really well last season, too. I, I mm. he's, got, he's got what it takes to be great. He just needs that, like, uh, I guess more of a mental edge to it. It seems like he's very laid back in demeanor. Like, I want to see him feisty. I want to see him do anything it takes to get the dub. That's what I want to see this year. But then you also see uh, Jalen Phillips comes to the Dolphins. That boosts that D-line hole that we needed. I'm very excited to see him take over that defense, work around any O-line in the NFL. That man is a beast. Beast. But uh, yeah, so I guess that would be that would be enough about the NFL draft, and I kind of want to get into this uh, cool little segment that um, hopefully in the future we can have viewers send in questions to. But for now, we're gonna do a Q and A off questions that I found online that you know I thought were were pretty cool, and I guess the first one I'll ask you first, Elliot, is what is your favorite story from your sports career? Oh, I can tell you that right off the dome. Uh, so I, as I said earlier, I played lacrosse in high school and our lacrosse team, to put it lightly, was dog doo-doo. Coming in, started uh, my sophomore year. I think our record was like three and 85 over the past like five years or whatever. And our, our coach, awful. Never, sometimes wouldn't even show up to practice. So we'd all just show up. Okay, coaches in here, let's just let's just play crossbar challenge. See what we can do. And then we got the best coach in Fort Myers. I'm from Fort Myers, by the way. Uh, I didn't mention that earlier. Uh, we got the best coach. He was the coach at Naples High School, and they had been to the playoffs multiple times. Uh, one, one um, was regionals a couple times. And he saw how bad we were. So he came to our, our school, right? Well, he comes in, he, he looks at all of us, and he told us we all suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we got to work on this, all right? If you guys really want to play, you're going to do um, you're gonna do travel ball with me. Ballistic cross, go ballistic. Uh, and we're going to shape you guys into real athletes, real lacrosse players, because, you know, in, in Florida, lacrosse isn't that big. It's more of a northern sport. Uh, so it wasn't really taken very seriously. We had Boca Raton, which is the number one school. And I think in Florida, I'm not sure right now, but it was when I was in high school. And um, well, we, we got we got turned around. We were really good. We ended in my senior year. We ended up with a uh, 11 and four record and uh, okay going down to my my favorite memory it was my our last game we were playing <laughs> high school our coach's ex-team to get into the playoffs for the first time in Riverdale high school history we went into double OT one of our one of our uh, defense defensive players tore his ACL in the middle of the second um, second OT. Oh no. It comes down. I guess this is my favorite, but it's just the most like it's the most heart wrenching, like something I'll remember forever. We we it was like literally the last seconds of double OT. And the guy get they won the face off. 
went down the field, shot the ball, and made it. Went right in between our goalies' our legs. Oh, no. I know. It was – it wasn't my favorite, but it was – it was the most storytelling um, experience that I've ever had in, in sports. Because we were the underdogs, going to make it another first playoff game ever. And we lost our coach's X team in double OT. We had blood, sweat, and tears on that field. I went home crying that day. That I couldn't imagine, bro. So bad. Couldn't imagine that. So bad. I couldn't. I didn't talk to anyone for like four or five days. I as soon as I go to school, like, oh, like, how about that game? I'm like, if you don't shut your mouth right now, you're about to get clocked. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of athletes have been there though. Mm-hmm. Like when we walk, when we uh, lost our regionals, like we were heartbroken, and no one talked to each other for a couple days. Luckily, it was on a Friday night, so we had the whole weekend to just kind of chill. But, yeah, I, I've been there before. Now, now, the best memory was when we first won our first game, though. Our first game. <laughs> I was like, wow, we can do it. Because all of our other games, we'd get, we'd get destroyed. It was like 15-0. to zero. And then when we won a game, it was like, we can, we can do this, guys. And then we just kept winning and winning and winning. And – that's my story. What about you? Um, so mine is uh, it's definitely a good memory for me. Uh, it was back when I was playing travel ball, like 13, 14 ish. Uh, I hit a walk off grand slam to win the championship game, and it was the most insane game ever. It had poured all day. It was awful, but they finally, like, let us play after, like, an hour and a half of rain delays. And I think the coolest part was that my uncle, who came to the game that day out of nowhere, snapped a picture of me when I, when I hit it, and I got a picture in the mail. It's of my swing finish and Babe Ruth's swing finish next to each other, and it looked identical. And it, it's one of my favorite games. It's back at my house down in Palm Beach Gardens, but it was, it, it's so cool, man. I, it's just a, that's one of those things that just lives with you forever, right? Mm. So I could imagine. I've never I, hit a home run. I, could never, <laughs> I mean, I've I never scored a cross goal, so I, yeah. I guess we both haven't done that. <laughs> I mean, do we have a good one from our – from our fraternity softball team that we can tell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, could, you know, I don't know about softball, but I can tell you D League. I I didn't oh. a single game in two years in D League. So D League is our basketball fraternity league. And uh, one thing you guys should know about me is I love basketball. I I baseball, but I love watching basketball and I love playing basketball because it's one of the sports that you can play anytime. Um, you don't need much. You just need a ball and you need a free court. And those are pretty easy to find around any time. Um, but I didn't win a single game for my first two years. And then I, now, now this year, we're in first place. Uh, getting carried to first place. Oh, that's cap. That is cap. <laughs> <laughs> I was the number one. I was the last pick of the first round. And you know what? Now we're number one. Because everyone for you, buddy. Everyone slept on me. Because <laughs> I'm like I'm not very tall. Outside shooter, they call me Steph Curry. So the the next question we can we can get to is uh what is your favorite sports quote and why? Should I should I go first this time or do you want to keep it? All right. So my all-time favorite sports quote is not from any big figure, any big athlete. It's actually from my dad. And before every at-bat, he would tell me, there's no better pitcher than you are a hitter. 
And that was something, whether I was in a slump or I was nervous or something else was going on, that, that quote right there would lock me in no matter what. Because it gave me the confidence to be like, you know what? There's no one here who can get me out. I'm the best hitter on the field. If you find a way to get me out, it was all luck. And it's just a trick he used to kind of get me to stay locked in, keep going, keep pushing. And I I really thank him for it because without that, I'd probably have a tough time just sticking with it. What about you? (laughs) Mine is from the all-time great Marshawn Lynch. (laughs) So I don't get fined. (laughs) When he said that, gears started turning in my head. I was like, wow, that's real. Like, he's really there just so he doesn't get fined. And, he, you know, <laughs> courage it takes to say that on camera. And like, oh, like, so so, what do you think about this, this, this? And he's like, no, I'm not answering anything. You know, I'm just here. You know, if you guys want to keep a- asking me questions, keep asking, but I'm not going to answer. And it's also, it also relates to, like, how, how it is to be an athlete. You have to go. Like, there's there are certain things that you have to go and do as an athlete that you don't want to, but your contract, your agent, they, they tell you, you got to go do this. You're going to make probably like a couple hundred thousand off of doing it too. Um, but it won't really care what you say as long as you don't, you don't hurt yourself. Uh, sure. I, I showed so much confidence when he said it. And it's all, <laughs> which is fun. I mean, Marshawn's just a different breed. <laughs> that, that's just facts. All right, the, the next question I got. Who do you think had the biggest impact on your sports career growing up? I got it. You got the bug? I got the bug. You got the bug, everyone. That <laughs> <laughs> is like a gnat flying around in here. You got to get rid of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the biggest impact on my career? Hmm. Yeah, I honestly think it's one of my one of my close friends um, back home. We his dad used to coach me in little league, and I I grew up with him. So to give you some context, context this guy shout out to John Bidding. Uh, he has four other brothers, all of who played baseball with me, uh, and he's like one of the middle children. I guess you can't really be a middle child in four, but. Um, right. He he uh, he was always on my team, and a lot of people. I was not a good hitter. I was never really a good hitter, but I had speed, so I would just hit and just run. I get like a, a ground ball to second, I'd make it out. I'd make it there. Um, but he would always coach me and be like, "Hey, man, like it doesn't matter how bad you're hitting. It doesn't matter how uh, how much of a slump you get in. Just keep your head up." <clears throat> he was the best friend I could have on the field and off the field. I'd always count on him. Even when we're on different teams, I could count on him to like try to get in my head. I'd be getting into his head. And it was just a great dynamic. And he kept sports. And this kid, this kid also has like huge anger issues. He, he helped me keep my head on and know when I'm going on his level. So I'd bring it down a little bit. And I'm like, all right, like, don't pull Johnny boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of my biggest and professionally, Dustin Majoria um, is is my all time great. Dustin Majoria and Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson for basketball because you know he's one of the greatest ever doing, especially now. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to see what's happening to his career. Two years and he hasn't hasn't gotten to play because um, of injuries. And it's tough, man. It sucks, um, and especially in those finals. Oh. That finals where he tore, yeah, what he tore um, his ACL, right? um, and and then Kevin Durant goes and tears his Achilles. Um, but that was that was that Raptors was, win. Yeah, Raptors shouldn't have won that game. I'm not a Kyle. Also, I'm not a Kyle Lowry fan. I don't like Kyle Lowry. He's a little BS, but yeah, I mean, it shows you how to be a good person. Right. What about you? Um, I would have to say my parents definitely had the biggest effect. 
mainly my dad. Mom, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Uh, I love you, but telling me to run when I hit the ball is not going to make the biggest impact, Liz. But uh, my dad was, like, always the driving force for me, man. I always wanted to impress him, always wanted to make him proud. He would work all day and then come do baseball lessons, baseball games, practice with me all night. Uh, if I knew I had bad games, I mean, you know how it is. Dad's ready to chew you out in the car ride home. It happens, but when you succeed and you see that smile, there, there's nothing better to me. Nothing better in life than that. I mean, making uh, a smile was probably the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if we were talking professionally, Derek Jeter is always one that comes to mind. Dude was just a class act. Never was caught in drama. Uh, always played his heart out. I, like that was kind of who I modeled my career after. Uh, but it would probably be him. And then also LeBron. LeBron does a lot off the court. Like he's known for what he does on it, but he does so much for the community off the court that doesn't get talked about enough. So I would say those are the biggest impacts on, on me growing up. All right, this next question. Do you think that attitude is a winning factor? Now, while, while you're thinking about this, I'll I'll give my answer real quick. And then hey, what attitude? Just any attitude. Like, do you think attitude in general is a winning factor? Huh. So uh, if I were to answer this one, uh, your attitude defines your career. Plain and simple. That's the way I see it. If you want to win... You need to develop an all-in attitude where you'll do whatever it takes to get yourself or your team to that next level. If you don't have a good attitude, you might win here and there, uh, but you'll never be remembered as a winner, but rather a selfish person on a good team. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen what you know attitude adjustments do to my teammates growing up, professional-level players. Like, I've seen what it can do, and if you're listening to this, I can't stress this enough. If you want to win and you want to be remembered for winning and you want to get to that next level, a good attitude and a can-do effort, that will make you – that will give you the, the proper tools to get there. I don't see anything as much more important mentally than attitude when it comes to a draft pick, uh, making your team, winning a championship. You just have to have that drive, you know? Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, there have been people who don't get drafted because uh, you see how they react after whatever, whether it be uh, a missed fly ball or, or uh, a miss at bat or a missed catch. They start screaming, pulling an Odell. People aren't going to like that, um, especially recruiters who, who want you to have a good attitude. Uh, okay, like I messed up, but you know, I'm going to make that be fuel for my next catch or my next throw or my next hit or whatever it might be. Um, and you always have to have that good attitude because if you, if you show, you can have uh, like a bad attitude and like yell, but it should be towards gearing up your other players. If you're in the locker room, you're like, all right, guys, we gotta, we gotta do this. Like, like screw the other team. We got, we gotta win. Um, like that's when you should have an attitude at its peak, but you also should learn how to control yourself. And you need to have – that's one thing I've learned throughout my life um, is, you know, I have to have self-control. Self-control is one of the biggest key factors in the most um, – the greatest athletes is their, their, their self-control. If you can control your attitude, you can control your mind. And when you can control your mind, you can control what you do and the outcome that comes from that. So as long as you have, like you said, like a can-do attitude and a good attitude and a winning attitude, you can do anything. Exactly, man. All right, last question, then we'll wrap up for the day. Uh, what is a quote that you live by in your everyday life? I can go ahead and answer this one. So I actually came across this quote on a on that. It was like an auto store a couple weeks ago. It was just like it was an abandoned auto store too. It said, "A smile is a curve that sets everything straight," and I think that was that was an amazing quote. Um, <laughs> live by as you said like with your parents and when you when you 
make your parents happy. Like see that smile, even if something really bad happened, it would make you smile, make everything straight. It'll set everything down the course and it needs to go. I think if you, as long as you work to please not only yourself and make sure you smile, but see other people smile and that be a goal in your everyday life, then there's nothing that can really get you down. Fair enough. I mean, that's a great quote. <laughs> was it the, the auto shop right out here in front of my no, apartment? It was uh, after the Diplo. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it was like it was like in the middle of nowhere. I don't know. Where. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll give my quote, I guess. Um, this one's kind of been with me for a little while now. It's live in the moment. It, like enjoy what you're doing now don't focus on the future don't reflect on the past just focus on what you're doing right now i've i've lost friends uh it's been tough but if i learn one thing from them passing away is live in the moment enjoy yourself don't stress about every little thing life's too short for that and you see it in college college flies by right Hey, enjoy it while you can, because then eventually you're not going to be able to have that fun. So enjoy yourself along the way uh, before you get too old and realize that you just had life pass you by. Yeah. That's that's as simple as I can put it. That's something I live by every day. Enjoy myself to no end every day. Uh, that's that's about it to me, man. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, buddy. So this is episode one. Thank you all for listening. Uh, send in questions if you want. Go to minddesignsports.org and you will find it. Um, yeah. You got any closing thoughts? No. Thanks for listening. Hope uh, you guys tune in next time. Uh, we'll probably be dropping once or twice a week. Uh, so look up, look forward to that. We'll always have different things, different topics. Uh, sometimes we'll do topics. Sometimes we'll do just current events. We'll see what happens, see where it goes. And uh, this has been the Sports Mind Avenue. Yeah, appreciate you all for listening. Have a good day.